0: And welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we will be discussing Ain't Misbehaving. How are we doing? Shane Gillis has been fired. That's all that we we need to be talking about this week, Benny. Yes, we recorded our last episode on a Saturday. I ranted about Shane Gillis and how he should be fired, and on Monday he was fired, which made my rant when published... (laughs) when published to the feed on Wednesday made my rant seem a little bit out of date. Yeah, but I predicted that. I I was fine with it being a little irrelevant by the time Wednesday rolled around. Can you imagine if he wasn't fired by that point? The point is that he... Has been fired from Saturday Night Live, and now he can pursue work in other fields. But, as you'll recall, I have cursed him, and he will not be able to find work in any field. If he wants to be a teacher, he will not be hired to be a teacher. If he wants to work in construction, he will not be hired in the field of construction. You will walk the land, the wastelands of this earth, Shane Gillis, and you will reach out, and you will beg for sustenance, and the world will not give it to you. That's the curse that I place upon your head, Shane Gillis. Gillis, and that's how I use my platform, as we know. Oh, Benny, thank you for being here with me. This is the week where we record two episodes, normally back to back, one right after the other. We do the main feed and then we do the latest episode of the Snub Club, but we're not doing two sessions in one day today. No, this week we're recording on a Friday. I took the day off and we are here in the studio, so thank you for going out of your way to arrange this with me, Benny. We're going to record the main feed, the Ain't Misbehaving episode today. Obviously, that's what you're listening to right now and then tomorrow on Saturday we will sit down we will convene again and we will record the eighth episode of the Snub Club which is dedicated to it's a bird it's a plane it's Superman but I have something else in my mind Benny I want to uh, make a recommendation to our listeners if you have never seen the film Calamity Jane starring Doris Day. They screened the film at the Music Box recently, and Chris and I caught that screening. I had never seen the movie before, but it's an absolute delight. Fantastic performances all around. The songs are great. The sets, the costumes—oh, it's all a delight. But there, and it's it's quite a funny movie. But there was one moment where I laughed very loudly for quite a sustained period of time. For context, there is a scene in Calamity Jane where Calamity Jane and I believe. Bill Hickok, her beau, they, they wind up together, but they, at this point in the movie, they have yet to realize how much they love each other. They are going off to some sort of ball, and they're in wagons, and they're they're being driven by horses to the ball, and Calamity Jane takes in everything around her, nature, the stars, and especially the hills, and she says,
1: Don't it thrill you just to look at them hills?
2: Sure
0: does.
1: No wonder the Indians' fights so are fierce to hang on to this country.
0: Mmm. <laughs> I, I, I believe I bleated like a goat. <laughs> when, it, when I find something to be truly astounding and shocking and funny at the same time, I tend to go, ha, ha, more than a few times, and... <laughs> I had to sort of tamper that down after a bit. There were other titters from the audience, but no, no titter was as loud and sustained as mine, I do say. So that's been, that's my recommendation, Calamity Jane. Yes, problematic, yes, entertaining, also yes. But let's talk about this week's subject, Ain't misbehaving. let's get the show facts, show me the show facts. Now the full show title of this week's subject, is technically Ain't Misbehavin', the new Fats Waller musical show, and Fats Waller is written out in all caps, just so you know. A quick rundown on Thomas Fats Waller himself. He was born on May 21st, 1904, and died at the age of 39 on December 15th, 1943, due to pneumonia. He wrote over 400 songs, which is pretty astounding, and he sold a number of them to other artists in times of financial trouble, I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Baby, and On the Sunny Side of the Street, are two high-profile examples of songs that many historians attribute to Waller. Waller recorded with several groups, including Fats Waller and His Rhythm, which is the most well-known, Morris's Hot Babes, McKinney's Cotton Pickers, and Fats Waller's Buddies, which, in 1929, was one of the earliest examples of a multiracial recording group. In 1938, Waller appeared on one of the BBC's first television television broadcasts. He was one of the first black homeowners in the predominantly white Addisley Park section of St. Albans, Queens, a watershed moment that resulted in artists like Count Bassey, Lena Horne, Ella Fitzgerald, and Milt Hinton moving into the neighborhood. Waller was also one of, if not the first, black composer to write for a Broadway musical that was intended for a general read white audience, as opposed to musicals that were expressly written for and marketed to black audiences. Waller was also set to star in the production, but his financial setbacks branded him as unreliable, so he was limited to writing the music alongside lyricist George Marion. That musical, Early to Bed, premiered six months before his death. I've saved what is easily the best tidbit about Waller for last. In 1926, Waller exited a venue where he had been performing and was subsequently kidnapped at gunpoint. He was taken to the Hawthorne Inn and forced to play the piano, at which point it was revealed that he was the surprise guest at Al Capone's birthday party. Waller did not leave the inn for three straight days, coming out extremely drunk, tired, and thousands of dollars richer. I say this is the best tidbit from Waller's biography, but it's also obviously one of the most frightening. I don't think anyone feels comfortable saying happy birthday Al Capone while surrounded by that maniac's henchman. Do you think there was a cake? I bet there was a cake. Ain't Misbehavin' was the 1978 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on Broadway on May 9, 1978 at the Longacre Theatre before moving to the Plymouth Theatre in January 1979 and the Belasco Theatre in January 1981 and ran for a total of 1,604 performances. The book was written by Richard Maltby Jr. and Murray Horwitz. Additionally, Maltby received a Conceived By credit and he shared a Based on an Idea by credit with Horwitz. Music and lyrics were written by Thomas Fats Waller, of course, and his many collaborators, including Ada Benson, Andy Razoff, Billy Mayhew, Billy Rose, Charlie Johnson, Clarence Williams, Dorothy Fields, Ed Kirkby, Everett Robbins, Frank Lesser, Frank Lesser, Fred E. Allert, Fred Fisher, George Marion Jr., Harry Brooks, Harry Link, Herman Autry, Hoagie Carmichael, J.C. Johnson, Jimmy McHugh, Joe Young, Lester A., Sandley, Mary Gross, Murray Horowitz, Nat King Cole, Porter Granger, Richard Maltby Jr., Roy Turk, and Ted Kohler. The director of the show was Richard Maltby Jr., and the musical director, well, technically, we don't have that listed on the IBDB, but the musical supervisor was Luther Henderson, and the musical coordinator was Earl Shandell. The choreographer, again, not not nothing so specific, though we do have a musical staging by credit for Arthur Faria. The scenic design was by John Lee Beatty. The lighting design was by Pat Collins. The sound design was by Otis Munderlow. Again, I apologize. Otz, uh, if I mispronounce that last name, I, I genuinely do apologize. And the costume design was by Randy Barcello. Now, there is a conspicuous lack of POC talent on the production side. Randy Barcello is Cuban, and as far as I can tell, Luther Henry is the only black member of the production team. However, my search results were surprisingly limited, so if I'm making a mistake by making that statement, please let me know. I'm consistently disappointed by how rare it is for black professionals to be put in positions of authority when it comes to shows like Ain't Misbehavin', shows that are innately powered by the cultures, voices and experiences of black people. Did Richard Mulpey Jr. ever question whether he was the best choice to write and direct a show about Fats Waller? I very much doubt it. The original Broadway cast. Here's the long and the short of it, the entire cast. Nell Carter, who was well-known for her, who is well-known, I should say, probably still still to this day, for her work on the sitcom Giving a Break, and she was also in the film adaptation of Hair. Andre DeShields, who recently won the Best Featured Actor in a Musical Tony Award for his work in Hadestown. Armelia McQueen, who would be, I think, for a lot of 90s babies, uh 90s babies trivia here. She played the Red Queen in the Disney Channel series Adventures in Wonderland. We have Ken Page, who many 90s babies would know as Oogie Boogie in The Nightmare Before Christmas. We have Shalane Woodard, who was in Unbreakable, Glass, and The Hair film adaptation. And the cast, I should say this, the cast reunited in 1988 for a Broadway revival of A Misbehaven, which ran For 176 performances. But back to the original production. Tony nods for the original production. The awards that it won. Best Musical, Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Nell Carter, and Best Direction of a Musical, Richard Maltby Jr. And the show was nominated for Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Charlene Woodard, and Best Choreography, Arthur Faria. So, you know, technically not, he didn't have an official choreography credit, but he still was nominated for that award. Oh-ho-ho! Distinctions, they're important. Now, in total, five nominations, if you were keeping track, and three awards. Yeah. So let's talk about the plot. Here on The Musical Man, we have already covered two musical reviews, Bubbling Brown Sugar, episode 7, and Swingin' on a Star, episode 14. Both of these shows went out of their way to present some kind of narrative, seemingly so that Tony voters would not view them as being little more than concerts. Bubbling Brown Sugar, as you will recall, technically had a linear plot, a clear through line. It was thin, and the stakes were non-existent, but we were given a core cast of characters, and we followed them throughout the exploration, their exploration, I should say of the Harlem Renaissance, an era that Ain't misbehaving, also covers. In summation, the BBS plot never seemed like it was trying to be more than a clothesline on which the songs could be neatly pinned. Swingin' on a Star was borderline sketch-based, serving up chunky vignettes that required its ensemble to play dozens of different characters. I was in no way a fan of that structure, if you'll recall, as it felt like the show was constantly hitting the reset button and expecting us to lock in with whatever random. premise he was going to be engaging with for the next few minutes, no thanks. Ain't Misbehavin takes a different approach, and in doing so, winds up outclassing both of our previous review subjects. To put it simply, Ain't Misbehavin has no plot. There is no narrative. The members of the cast frequently adopt different voices and physical affectations, but it's made clear that they are always performing as themselves, not characters. Nell Carter is introduced on stage as Nell Carter, for example, and when you accept that the show is relying entirely on the charisma and talent of the performers, without any additional veils put between you and that cast. It's incredibly freeing. There is no fourth wall, everyone understands the rules of the game, and you're able to relax totally and completely. There is technically a book, but only in the sense that the actors engage in quick, witty exchanges between songs. You occasionally get a random tidbit about Fats Waller's life, but this is not meant to be an educational show, a biopic by any means. Now, the only real goal here is to have a fun goddamn evening, and Ain't Misbehavin' does that without breaking a sweat. For the purposes of this week's episode, I listened to the 1978 original Broadway cast album, I watched the 1978 Tony Awards performance of Ladies Who Sing with the Band, and- And I watched the 1982 NBC television special. This is currently available on YouTube, though fair warning, the audio is considerably muffled. It's a little muddy, so I would suggest listening to the OBC album first. That way, you have a reference for the lyrics and won't have to worry about straining your ears during the special. You'll be able to lean back, take it in. It's also 90 minutes long, so it doesn't represent the show in its entirety, just FYI. I assume the special utilizes John Lee Beatty's scenic design, which is quite gorgeous. There are these enormous silky blooms of color that look like pillows from the 1920s, and I could not stop staring at them. I actually watched the Tony Awards performance after sitting down with the TV special, and I was taken aback by how much younger everyone looks at the Tonys, despite it only being a four-year difference. It's clear to me, at least, how much this cast must have loved working with each other week after week. The show certainly seems like it would be a hell of a lot of fun to perform. For the record, there is also a West End recording, but eh, we're not going to worry about that this time around. Let's stick with the Broadway production. Benny, let's talk about the score. Let's get a clip of the opening medley, Ain't misbehaving. Slash, Lookin' Good But Feelin' Bad Slash, tai Nobody's Business. Ah, if I work and come home draggin', then
3: stay up all night draggin', ain't nobody's business if I do eat three turkey dinners and announce that's just beginning. It ain't nobody's business if I do. If I need a
4: real
0: Thank you very much, as always. Honestly, doing a very good job with that audio. The fade-ins, the fade-outs. It's all so slick. Love you, Benny. Now, I have spent a fair amount of time ruminating on the thematic aesthetic of this show, and I have come to the conclusion that I've boiled it down to this phrase... Fuck You, Let's Get Drunk. This show is packed with fuck you energy. The songs are antagonistic, defensive, offensive, all indicative of the larger-than-life personality who wrote them. The opening medley, which is comprised of, as I mentioned before, Ain't Misbehavin', "Looking Good But Feeling Bad, and Taint not Nobody's Business, sets that table efficiently and effectively. The cast is present. Their vocals are sharp, but loose. And if you can't keep up with them, you're gonna get run over. Fuck You, Let's Get Drunk. And within this mad party atmosphere are pockets of quiet rumination, sadness, and fear, but we'll get into those as we move through the rest of the show. I just like to imagine some of these songs are like the two drunk weepers you find in someone's bedroom at two in the morning. Uh, Benny, for our next, let's jump to Handful of Keys, shall we? I like to tinkle on an
5: old piano.
3: Sing a little tune that's mellow,
4: but the vocalizes nothing swell.
0: Fat Swaller has great goddamn melodies. Looking back at the title Handful of Keys, I wasn't sure where to place it in my mind. How did that go again, I asked myself, but the second I went back to the track, I was right in line with it. I like to tinkle on an old piano. I like to play it on a subtle manner. I I just, that's a great melody. I got a lot of pleasure with a span of keys underneath my fingertips. Didn't really get that right. (laughs) I understand that, uh, but, you know, I can't hit them out of the park every single time. I'm also a fan of the section where everyone is hammering through the lyrics, bang those old white notes, bang those old black notes, bang those old eighth notes, bang those old whole notes. Come on already, that's fantastic. I will say Handful of Keys starts a running gag in Ain't Misbehaven that I could do without. That gag being, what if someone sang it goofy, you know, off-key or loud and, you know, shrill. That's funny, right? Uh no, not really. And repeating the gag in later numbers can only yield smaller returns. That's just math. How
5: ya baby, how's about a little dance? When the band starts blue and I feel alive, I feel like going say, what's your job, baby? ya baby, is you in some kind of trance? Uh, well, I'm a killer dealer with nothing on my mind. When they start to playing sweet songs, it leaves me on the rocks. When they start to playing swing songs, it beats me to my socks. <laughs> How you babe? How's about a little dance? You say you feel like trucking, I'm in the groove. You feel like pecking, come on, let's move. You like swing music? I'm a bop, 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 I'm a
0: bop, I'm a 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 bop, i am a bop i am a da i am a i If you need one reason to watch the TV special on YouTube, watch it for Andre DeShields and Charlene Woodard's How Ya Baby Dance Break, which starts a little after the 20 minute and 15 second mark in the upload. It is stunning, this dance break, I tell you. Woodard has this amazing purse prop that she's swinging at supersonic speed. Shields is oozing this Oscar Wilde sexuality out of every pore, and when they work together, it's lightning in a bottle. The dance break ends with his face on her ass in an example of timing that is so precise it blew my mind a bit. It reminds you how instrumental dance is to the success of musical theater and the audience goes nuts accordingly. I want to play the final 30 seconds of the Jitterbug Waltz for you because I think it's a really good example of how tight this cast is when it comes to the harmonies. Remember how I said you shouldn't produce City of Angels if you can't find a Rocksteady Angel City 4? Well, don't bother producing Angel behaving if you can't find five performers who can pull this off. I especially enjoy that drop of water against hot sidewalk hiss we get for the final Z in waltz. Just really gets me. Sense of chill out my spine. It does. From high atop the, water from the from back hotel side in beautiful downtown, downtown
5: ballroom in Erie, Pennsylvania, the NBC Blue the Network broadcasting system is pleased to bring you that sweet that singer of songs, made in the melody. very lovely, very adorable, very talented Miss Charlene, Charlene Waters. <laughs> from three straight years entertaining our boys overseas. Here she is, America's most beloved band singer, the songbird of the Seventh Fleet, Miss Amelia McQueen! I'll be happy when the
4: nylons bloom again God is monotonous to me. Only way to keep affection present a mess for your flesh, <laughs> I'll be happy when the nylons bloom
1: again.
0: Yacht Club swing and when the nylons bloom again are songs that are part of a sequence known as The Ladies Who Sing with the Band, which I very briefly referenced earlier in the episode. So the, a, a truncated version of which is presented during the Tony's broadcast. So yes, I'm really laying that out there, giving that context. This serves as a showcase for the women in the ensemble, giving them solos within the context of a World War One radio broadcast. Solid setup, but these songs continue that trend I mentioned earlier, where the only joke seems to be what if this per- saying with a goofy voice. Yacht Club is straight-up obnoxious in my opinion, so I was relieved when Nylons brought the wacky temperature of the room down to a level I could actually process. But I'm simply not a fan of oddball vocals in general. If a song isn't naturally comedic, don't try to disguise it as such. There's plenty of old-school humor in Ain't misbehaving that still translates, so avoid being sweaty whenever possible, I say.
4: All your pots and pans Save up every little thing you can Don't give it away now, now Get some cash for your trash You know what I'm talking about Save up all your old newspapers Save and pile them like a high skyscraper Don't give it away now, honey Get some cash for your trash Oh, well Jimmy, me, honey Get plenty of food and money Save up all your iron and tear Eat your heart out But when you go to turn it in Don't give it away, Now, now, Get some cash for your trash Real bonds. Get some cash for your trash Step on it Save up all your pots and pans Save a little thing you can Don't give it away, no, 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 Get some cash for your trash Save up all your old newspaper like a don't give it away, none. Nah, no, nah, nah. Get some cash, you'll track In between, we'll do some loving. Wild handsome turtle dolphin. and will you listen to me, honey? Get plenty of food in my lantern, save up for your island tin. But when you got gonna turn it in, don't give
0: Nell Carter closes out the Ladies Who Sing with the Band a Triage by dispelling the notion that you have to be silly to be entertaining. In the TV special, she simply holds her ground, levels with the audience through basic eye contact, and lets this novelty war tune rip. Nell Carter equals star power. Don't get me wrong, every member of this cast is irreplaceable, but Nell is my personal favorite. Love Nell Carter.
3: with propriety. Downtown, oh, that whip of society tells us when we riff to reply it at the wall north. <laughs> Uptown, we get bums and we scuffle them. Downtown, we got drums, but we muffle them. Nobody who comes would be ruffle at the wall off. <laughs> well, ain't it swell doing swell with the swells and the It's a blast that we're giving you Downtown, that's the last thing we'd ever do We're not loud or fast We're just lounging at the Waldorf Now give them all that Waldorf cake Right now, sounds
0: I'm a fan, a big fan, of the uptown-downtown melody line within Lounging at the Waldorf. And you know who I'm a fan of? Ken Page, who sings Lounging at the Waldorf. He and Andre DeShields exhibit this 1920s Dapper Dan dandy energy that reads as delightfully gay in 2019, and I can't get enough of it. There's no such thing as being too arch. You cannot purse your lips too tightly or raise your eyebrow too high. This is vaudeville. This is satire of the Snooty Snooze. And Paige has no time for subtlety. His energy is infectious, and it makes you want to leap on stage and perform right alongside him.
5: Cats. It's four o'clock in the mountain up here in Hollow. Everybody's here but the police and they'll be here any minute, it's high time.
0: Thought my ears were playing a trick on me when I first engaged with The Vipers Drag, but you heard right. The cast straight up releases a collective hiss before exclaiming the phrase snake hiss. I know this isn't meant to read as gay, but hissing and then saying
2: snake hiss
0: is the gayest thing in the world. You would think. NBC would have cut this number, the Vipers drag, considering it's quite obviously about getting fucked up on marijuana, but they left it in. Fair enough, 1980s NBC.
4: To you beat me? You always scold me whenever somebody is near. Oh, dear, now it must be great.
0: goodness gracious. So what you just heard was a clip from Mean to Me. Nell Carter made this my favorite song in the show with a single utterance of the phrase mean to me i was hooked without a moment of hesitation it took my breath away carter is the lonely heart at the party that is this show looking at all of the reverie from afar while nursing her emotional wounds she's quivering she's cringing she's in pain and how can you not love the turning of the tables there at the end that neat flip where you're mean to me becomes what you mean to me how can you not be on board for that i mean come on already
3: Can't go nowhere with you Cause your feet's too big Can't get in the bed next to you Cause your feet's too big Look at them, look at them Spread all across the floor Ah, When you go and die Ain't nobody gonna suck Undertaker's gonna have quite a job (laughs) You gonna look funny When they lay in the casket Look at them big feet sticking up out the basket, all your feet.
0: too big kind of cracks me up, simply because it comes directly after Mean to Me. We switch from Nell Carter's bruised ballad to Ken Page's insult comic Showstopper, a turn that can only be made when you have such gifted talents at the controls. Because make no mistake, Waller has written a vicious little novelty song here, but he makes it bulletproof by heightening the joke to such a clear, ridiculous extreme. You can never really turn on Page because he's a thousand times more bizarre than his own subject. His target, I should say. It also helps that Waller and Page are similarly hefty guys, so you get the sense that this is a self-troll scenario. Fat and Greasy, which pops up a little later in the show, vibrates with a similar mischievous energy, but I'm a Feats too big guy at the end of the day. Fat and Greasy also gets the audience involved by having them take up the song's calling card, the title. There's this call and response thing going on, and at my age, I know I can't lock in with that kind of energy. Have fun as part of the collective, No, thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll just be over here shrinking into myself like a pill bug. Find out
4: what they like. Your jam ain't sweet Trust or her he will speak for his dessert Across the street So Find out what they like And how they like it And let them have it just that way Hey McQueen, how did you get that man You were with last night? Well, I stole it Oh, stop, his girlfriend's pretty And see,
0: Find out what, what they, they, like like they like And how they like it, it And let them have, them have it just that way, way. I love this song amelia armelia mcqueen and nell carter have awesome chemistry here one of my favorite conventions of this show is the idea that the performers are walking on stage and seeing each other as if for the first time that night meeting in the middle and deciding hey want to do this song together why not carter and mcqueen are masters of the side eye and they are doling it out with relish here and i gotta say it great great melody yet again mr fats and blue was actually originally written for the hit 1929 Broadway musical review Hot Chocolates. This is the only instance where the cast is able to come together for a shared moment of melancholic reflection. Everyone is seated on stools, they're looking straight out into the middle distance. It's a really strong, grounded image. If I may extend my party metaphor a bit further, if this show is representative of the highs and lows of a party, this is the moment in the evening where the party Partygoers recall that the world is still turning beyond the walls of their gathering. Life is marching on, and life, especially for those in the black community, is not all fun and games. That's why the escape into the chaos of a party is oftentimes so crucial. If you can't lose yourself in song and dance and a community that shares your spirit and perspective, why bother dealing with all of the bullshit? Black and Blue is a haunted, tearful reckoning with that bullshit. Other reviews try to get away with being this reflective and stumble in the process, but I would follow this cast into any emotional territory. That does it for our deconstruction of the Ain't Misbehavin' score, and now we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678.
2: I and boo, boo, boo. It's me, Carol Channing. Oh, hello, hello. How is everybody doing? Boo, boo. Boo, yes, that's right. It's me, the spirit of of Carol Channing. I'm a I'm a wee ghost, I do say. I've got a little bit of a curly cute tail where my sexy legs should be. Oh, woo, 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 and boo, boo, boo. You know, when I was alive, I used to host these these wonderful little gazebo parties, and my guests would come over and they would say, Are you serving jam today, Carol? And I would always laugh and say, Jam tomorrow, and jam yesterday. But never jam today. A <laughs> woo 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 and a boo boo woo, and they would look at me and they would say, "Carol, we don't understand that reference. We don't I, You always make that joke, and we never understand why we can't have jam at these delightful little gazebo parties." And that's when I would reveal that I'm a, I'm a witch, and I would turn them into sparrows. And eventually, the village got so angry with me they'd say, "Whoa!" Whoa, whoa, and down with the witch. Boom. They shed and they burned me at the stake and now I'm a ghostie and I'm going to haunt their lives their waking moments for the rest of eternity their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren woo 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 boop 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 I'm going to take your eyeballs I'm going to take them up uh, but here's the point when I would deny jam to my guests about a, you know, four minutes before I turn them into greasy salty disgusting pigeons I would tell them, "Well, I've got five, six, seven, eight coffee. We may not have jam today, but we have five, six, seven, eight coffee. It's a delicious little brew of a drink, a brew, brew for you, 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 and it's got vitamins. It's got vitamins. It helps you stay healthy." And they would say, "We don't want five, six, seven, eight coffee. We have, we want our jam." You promised us jam, and it's true. I lured them to my casiba with the promise of jam, and then when they made the mistake of speaking against me. Me, which I admittedly set them up for. I I, I I prodded them and I poked them until they 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 snapped back at me like rattlesnakes. But rather than turning them into rattlesnakes, I turned them into let's say it all together, pigeons. Before I come for you, when well, I will come for you, because if you're listening to this message within 30 minutes, I will come for you. This is a haunted recording, my dear lovelies. Yes, it is. Before you are uh, uh, sucked up into the netherworld by me, Cameron Channing, boo, 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 have a nice sip of Five, six, seven, eight coffee. You can count on it. It's the last thing you can count on because I am going to drag your specter to hell. That's what I'm going to do. Bye-bye, my little lovelies, and see you in exactly 30 minutes. Woo-woo-woo, and boo-boo-boo. I'm coming for you, you, and yours. Woo-woo-woo.
0: Final thoughts on Ain't Misbehavin'. We have a few more reviews waiting for us further down the line, but I doubt any of them are going to beat out Ain't Misbehavin' in terms of sheer charisma and inherent musical strength. Smokey Joe's Cafe, I have already seen your concert film, or whatever you want to call it, what <laughs> the video recording, whatever, and I'm telling you right now, you are no Ain't Misbehavin'. I'm just telling it like it is so that none of us are surprised later. Smokey Joe's Cafe does have one thing, Ain't Misbehavin', but and Brown sugar, and swinging on a Star do, <laughs> do not, and that is Haunted Dancing Suits. But we'll get to the haunted dancing suits in due time. Now, as a reminder, in 1978, Ain't Misbehavin' took home the Tony Award for Best Musical. And the other nominees that year were Dancing, On the 20th Century, and Runaways. No arguments here. Ain't Misbehavin' gets to keep its
2: medallion, baby!
0: In terms of ranking the show, I'm gonna give Ain't Misbehavin' our number 12 slot, right in between Kiss of the Spider Woman at number 11, and Kiss Me Kate at... Number 13. Oh, it's an ain't misbehaving sandwich with two kisses on the top and the bottom. Ooh, 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 and woo, woo, woo. My Carol Channing impression. Pretty good, right, Benny? Benny's giving me a big thumbs up. Hell yeah, Benny. Now, show related ephemera. There is a YouTube channel created. It was created, I should say, by a YouTube user known as MicroJow. That is M I C R O J O. And on this YouTube channel, there are dozens upon dozens of videos. And these are all uploads of commercials that aired during specific programs from the 70s and the 80s. And astonishingly enough, there is an entire video dedicated to the commercials that aired during the television special adaptation of Ain't Misbehaving. I know! Can you believe it? Your socks. You should pick them up. Because they just got knocked off. Now I, I watched I watched the upload of the commercials and all of these aired I should say specifically in Youngstown Ohio during the 1982 broadcast of Ain't Misbehavin'. Yes, I, I already said that. In my notes, thank you, my notes. Could we get more niche? By the way, in terms of show related ephemera, I doubt it. But here I, I, I watched this video, and now Chris and I have watched a few of these commercial uploads. They are very very entertaining. I w- highly recommend watching at least a couple of these. Highlights from this video specifically include an ad for Windex, which is a which is a parody of Bye Bye Birdie's Put on a Happy Face. They do a parody, I should say, of that song, and it's Put on a Happy Shine, which, uh, th- that was the first commercial in the entire set, so I knew that I was right at home. The entire night seems to have been sponsored by the Bell Phone Center, as evidenced by the fact that they aired about, oh, a dozen different ads. At one point, Tom Brokaw appears to say, Tomorrow night on the NBC Nightly News, the battle for Lebanon and the political fallout, the Hinckley trial, what now? And we'll have a report on the growing use of computers in classrooms. A follow-up regarding the computers, what are the risks? And then we have Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians Taco Bell Night, which is introduced by first baseman Mike Hargrove, that, that commercial is absolutely hilarious. We've got an ad for Kodak's folding Kodamatic instant camera as presented by Magician of the Year, that's his on-screen credit, David Copperfield. He interacts with children throughout the entire commercial, and those interactions are bone-chilling. It does not seem as if he wants to be there. It does seem as if he wants to murder them. Be careful, children. Then at a certain point we get another update, another news update, this time from Mike Moss, who says, and this is gonna bum me, this is gonna bum you out if you have a heart. Mike Moss says, the Florida Senate has rejected the Equal Rights Amendment for a fifth time, killing its chances for ratification by the June 30th deadline. <laughs> Something's never changed, yo. Then we get a second magic-themed ad for Clairol Condition 2 and shampoo products. It's this blonde bombshell dressed up like some sort of generic magician, and she's pulling the products out of a hat. Ooh, it's magical. We have a Hallmark ad in this upload featuring a song so gloriously cheesy it nearly made me gasp. We have promotions for, you know, those hit TV shows Cassie and Company and Flamingo Road. Oh, how we all gathered around the TV each and every week for the latest episode of Flamingo Road. <laughs> oh, and the, okay, so I'm just gonna steal yourselves a little bit because I'm gonna quote a promo for another TV show now that TV show being Quincy but this, if this hits you nearly as hard as it did me, I think I should give you the benefit of allowing you to steal yourself a little bit. So here is the direct, the copy I should say for this Quincy promo. Wednesday on a special Quincy. A doctor starves a retarded baby. Quincy and guest star Colleen Durst fight for the child's right to life. Yeah, the 80s. <laughs> That's the only thing I know how to say. The 80s. Last week I it was the 40s. What can you do? And now I'm just sort of throwing my arms up and going, "The 80s!" When I heard that commercial, that little bump frequency, I nearly threw my computer across the room. My eyes were teared up. Goodness gracious. We, and then to wrap this up, we have a Wendy's promotion that nets you a Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan color wall poster with the purchase of a Wendy's Fun Pack. The Fun Pack box bears the text, Wendy's Adventures in Ghost Town, so you know it's fun. Then we have an ad for the United Negro College Fund, and we close things out with a long John Silver's promotion, and... There are several white people in this commercial who say, again and again, the best part of the chicken is the plank! And they're holding up a chicken plank, otherwise known as a tender, or maybe a chicken finger. No, 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 no. At LJS, it's the plank, baby. The best part of the chicken is the plank! Stop it. You're creeping me out. Normally, this would be the point in the show where we take a ride on the musical carousel to determine what show we discuss next. But, we had another listener write up a five-star Miss Saigon, more like Bless Saigon, review via Apple Podcasts. And by doing so, they earned the right to dictate what show we talk about. That show, which was nominated for Best Musical in 2007 and ran for 307 performances, is none other than... Gray Gardens. Thank you, fair listener, for your review. I don't even know your name, but I thank you all the same. Go to Patreon. Oh, okay. So I'll just say this. When I get to this point in the show, when I give you the breakdown on Patreon, I tend to get a little tongue-tied, and Benny was so gracious, he, he, he came to me and he said, now Jonathan, if you don't like this idea, if you, I, I, I trust you, I think you're doing a good job, but it seems like you get tongue-tied with the Patreon explanation, so I, I was just thinking, why don't we just write that out as a script, and I said, Benny, you're a genius, thank you, I should have thought of this a long time ago, Benny, you are an invaluable part, ...of this experience. And I sound like a game show host. It sounds like I'm not being genuine. But if I did not have you, and if I did not have you, Patty, oh, I don't know what I would do. I would be all alone is what I would do. And I would go absolutely insane. So, with all of that said, here is my script... In regards to Patreon, go to Patreon.com/slash musical to find out how you can support the show financially. Listeners can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. Those who donate one dollar a month will receive weekly verbal shout outs. Let's do that now. Thank you for donating. Jordan Ashley, Chris JC, Jenna Aaron, Lily Haley, Brandon Brad, Matt Zack, and Marisol. One dollar a month. Patrons also have access to special episodes dedicated to the 73rd annual Tony Awards and the first trailer for the forthcoming film adaptation of Cat cats. Those who donate $3 a month will get everything I've mentioned, plus a special musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of their choosing. We also announced this on Twitter and Patreon.com that $3 a month tier donors will be getting their own special series, High School Musical, the podcast, which covers anything and everything from Disney's High School Musical franchise. That's going to drop sometime in November. Chris and I are signing up for Disney+, Plus. I should say. For the most part, all of those movies are going to be available through that service. So I think that is officially available to customers, consumers, like, November 12th, I think, I want to say. So around that time, $3 a month and up, patrons can expect that series to begin, I should say. See, does it sound like I'm off script? Because it is. It's true. I'm off script. Let's get back on script. If you donate $5 a month you get everything I have mentioned, the ability to stop the musical carousel and tell me what show to discuss on the podcast, plus access to the first season of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera. And finally if you donate $10 a month you not only get everything I've already mentioned you also get access to The Snub Club a monthly series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were never nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. This month's episode, which also Dropped Today is dedicated to It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, and past subjects include Amelie, Merrily We Rolled Along, Fla Hoolie, American Psycho, Be More Chill, Jekyll and Hyde, and Allegiance. Donations go toward the purchase of cast recordings, movie rentals, and offsetting the cost of being hosted through Podbean. If we ever get to a point where we are bringing in $100 or more in total monthly donations, I'll begin production on M3, The Movie Musical Man, a monthly series for which I will watch trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. Go to Apple Podcasts and write up a glowing five-star review, won't you? We have 21 five-star reviews at this time, and once we hit 30, I will record a special episode dedicated to Disney's Descendants trilogy. It's true. Oh, I love Disney. Clearly, I'm enrolling with Disney+. Plus. I'm a complete sheep, but... Stream the show at musicalmanpod.podbean.com and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. I would love to read your thoughts and red hot takes on the show, so don't be shy. Thanks, as always, to Benny in the Booth, Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and Zach Little for our fabulous music. And there's that doorbell, baby, but you know what that sound means, oh. Yes, just when the fun is starting, comes the time for parting. Oh well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen, and good night. And don't turn off the podcast yet. Are you a listener who has always turned off the podcast right when I finish my little outro? No, no, no. You gotta let the outro music, you gotta let it run out. Sometimes there are fun little extra bits... At the end of the episode. So, always listen to the whole thing. I command you, I pull your strings. I pull your strings. Oh, we're running out of outro music. Okay, haha. <laughs> uh, there might be something special at the end. Goodbye.
3: Hey, Misbehaving will continue.
4: Hey catch this, July 15th is Taco Bell night at Cleveland Stadium. At the game the Cleveland Indians and Taco Bell will be giving away two trips to Cancun, Mexico. Prescott Air Travel Agency has arranged for two lucky couples to spend four days and three nights in this beautiful resort. Just stop by your participating Taco Bell restaurant and fill out an entry form or mail a postcard to the Cleveland Indians. Catch you at the stadium the 15th for Taco Bell night.
3: chicken is the plank. Wednesday, oh. a special Quincy, a doctor starves
1: a retarded baby.